Hello, and welcome to Gender Sexuality School. I'm Tara Goldstein, and we're podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today on Gender Sexuality School, LGBTQ Family Speak Out team member Yasmin Owis is here to talk about a research study she did for her Master of Teaching Research Project. Yasmin's study explored teachers' perceptions and practices of challenging heteronormativity when teaching sex education. The main goal of the research was to illustrate how individual teaching practices can create equitable learning spaces for LGBTQ plus students in sex ed classes. Yasmin, welcome to Gender Sexuality School. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here. So glad to have you here. So, Yasmin, can you tell us about the goals of your thesis research and the research questions you were asking and the questions you were answering in your study? Yeah, so um, I wanted to explore what the the common practices that teachers use um, to really challenge the heteronormative uh, discussions and content in sex, edu- sex education. Sorry. Um, so the major goal of the research paper was to see how teachers include discussions of queer and trans identities into their sex ed classes, um, but also really to find out what practical methods teachers are using in their classrooms um, so that other teachers can follow suit and inform their practice. When you talk about heteronormative sex ed, what are the kinds of things that you're thinking about? What What is it about our current sex ed programs um, or curriculums that make them heteronormative? Um, yeah, so definitely the content that is being covered. Um, the, the current curriculum doesn't cover any topics related to queer or trans identities, right? Um, let alone um, safe sex practices for them or um, discussions about sexual orientation or uh, gender identity, gender expression. And there's a lot of um, missed opportunities, I think, for discussions about nuances. So how intersectionality plays out. So if you're... Um, if you identify as as racialized or um, as able-bodied or not, like there's 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 no room in the curriculum right now for discussions on um, queer and trans identities, but definitely related to intersectional issues as well. I think. Fantastic. So back to your research questions. What were your research questions? Yeah. So my research questions were um, how do teachers' uh, perceptions and practices of teaching uh, queer and trans sex education influence their their pedagogy okay um so i really wanted to find out some practical steps on how teachers can um include queer and trans identities into the um their teachings so that way it could really inform other other teachers um something very practical something very tangible um yeah and i think it turned out well fantastic so what did you find out yeah so there were there was lots of things that came out of the study i think and um some of the major findings were that uh, the teachers really wanted to create possibility models for their students. Um, and they did that by using UDL. So that stands for uh, Universal Design for Learning. Um, and and using UDL ultimately helped teachers to uh, reach all of their students, um, regardless of if their identities were uh, queer or trans or straight or cis, like um, providing information for their students that can help and inform all of them, regardless of their identities or where they are in their um, sexual health journey. And and doing that ultimately created like safety for students at all stages, um, regardless of where they're at in their, their development. Um, so I 
imagined it as like a box um and that box like a cardboard box that just dictates um kind of the direction that sex education is in right now um and that box is very heteronormative very cisnormative um and the current sex education only shows students the box it's like here here it is inclusive sex education so i think things that teachers are trying to do um it, it kind of looks like tokenism um or surface level inclusions um, and it would, that looks like teachers showing their students the box, but also taking out what's inside the box and saying like, look, here it is. And like, I've included you. Whereas inclusive sex education for queer and trans students, um, lets them take the things out of the box and then provide it for them and then let them choose based on where they're, they're at in their lives. Um, and that type of like learning that includes everyone and that, um, allow students to guide the direction uh, right, of, of their, their studies of their yeah of their um of their sexual health journey is is something that a lot of the teachers talked about in in the study um yeah and i mean teachers also talked about wanting to to um queer as a verb uh their educational uh spaces and um they did that i think through a bunch of different ways um but one of the ways that they do this was explicit explicitly um including queer and trans content um into their into their um teachings because they were aware that it was missing a lot of the the people i interviewed were activists um in their own educational settings um and leaders within the school so they felt really confident with wanting to uh include that in their their lessons could you give us an example of what um, including uh, a trans-positive sex ed activity would look like? Is it have to do with the language that folks use um, when they're talking about uh, sex ed, or does it have to do with pronoun use? What are some of the things that need to change? I think I th- it's hard. I'm I don't identify as trans, so it's hard to see like what like trans students need, and I think that's part of the direction that sex education needs to go in is that students need to be the ones informing their teachers what they need because those identities are extremely intersectional and nuanced and um if we say like i'm going to cover queer and trans content in my um in my teachings and you kind of prescribe like this one kind of like definition um of what it means to include that then you're still not really reaching the students that that need it the most um and I, i feel like a lot of the sex education that currently exists is um does focus very much on like language and and pronoun use and and it's i think it's fine as a starting point right. to say like this is what it means to be trans and this is what it means to be you know bisexual and, and whatnot um and i think as a starting ground that's that's a great place to start but i think the problem begins when we say like look i did it i included it and like you kind of leave it at that because that's not um, in depth enough. So, um, going back to your metaphor of the box, right, and having a whole bunch of possibilities in the box and taking them out uh, for uh, students to um, engage with what makes sense for them. Um, so, is what you're saying 
in terms of uh, having a range of choices, teachers really need to let students direct them in terms of what they need. That uh, uh, curriculum piece for teachers is to figure out uh, ways to have students tell them what they want to know. Yeah, and I think that was that was absolutely the biggest finding of this study is yes. that um, is that teachers need to be co-constructing knowledge and lessons and activities with their students as opposed to for their students. Okay. Um, and then I think having that kind of invitational educational setting where we're in, inviting our students to be an active participant in their education um, not only creates like this buy-in um, type of energy where they feel like they have a stake in their education, but it also means that those nuanced and intersectional identities are going to be represented. Um, and that is going to change every year depending on your class. Right. Because, like, you know, you might have different identities one year and then a whole different set the next year. And um, if you're just doing like this one prescribed kind of like queer sex ed, that's still not necessarily even enough. Um, yeah, and so like a lot of the teachers like in the study talked about wanting to to not be the kind of teacher who stands up there and it's like, I know everything, I'm going to like, you know, just tell you it and like this is how it is. Um, they really wanted to create environments where they were co-learning with their students and listening to like their students and their needs and um, really having like this very collaborative process. Right. Um, and I think that again speaks back to the, the UDL aspect of it, that universal design for learning, where if we're creating equitable spaces, we're listening to our students, and that information can ultimately reach everyone in the classroom, regardless of of who they are and what they identify as and, and where they're at in their life. Um, but I, I think it's interesting because there's actually like, like very, sh- like shockingly, like very little research right. on what... Um, what that looks like actually in right. practice in a classroom. Um, there's a lot of research that says that it's needed and that right. it's something to be explored, but nothing that really actually says what happens when when you actually include your students in discussions of queer and trans sex ed. So I think that's hopefully where the where the future lies in in, in including, you know, having inclusive environments for queer and trans students in sex ed. Yeah, fantastic. So what's next for you, Yasmin? What are some of your plans? Well, I'm finishing my, my program uh, right now. Uh, I'm a Master's of Teaching student, um, which is exciting. So I'll graduate with my, with my teaching degree um, and hopefully still be able to um, continue practicing and, and supplying as much as I can. And I was also just accepted to the, the PhD program at OISE in the... Um, curriculum teaching and learning department so that's extremely exciting and I'm still very much in shock about it Um, (laughs) and so I'm I think that that missing piece that I just talked about about wanting to create collaborative environments for students is something that I'm I'm wanting and willing to research Um, and I really hope that like the research that I've done here and that I'll do in the future can inform teacher practice and and create equitable environments for for the students most at risk yeah fantastic Yasmin, thanks so much for joining us. I loved hearing about your research on sex education and how uh, teachers need to challenge heteronormative practices in their classroom by querying their sex education classes. I'm going to look forward to um, the next part of your research program, which will give us concrete examples of what that might look like. Yasmin Owis is a second-year Master's of Teaching student of the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education at the University of Toronto, where she is involved with the Institute's Gay-Straight Alliance, Queer at OISE.
All right. That's our podcast for today. If you have any burning questions about gender, sexuality, and school, send an email to info at lgbtqfamilyspeakout.ca with the subject line, Ask Gender Sexuality School. In future podcasts, I'll take listeners' questions about issues of gender and sexuality at school and try to answer them with the help of some amazing folks who have been thinking about gender and sexuality for a while. You can find this podcast at www.lgbtqfamilyspeakout.ca. This episode was produced with the support of the New College Initiative Fund and from Doug Friesen, who is a PhD student at the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. Thanks to LGBTQ Family Speak Out team member Kate Reed, sound engineer Lisa Patterson, and musician Doug Friesen for creating the music that opens and closes the show. I'm Tara Goldstein. All the best.